you, you show up with your media badge and they're like, yeah, you ready to pay for your ticket? <laughs> Will that be cash or charge? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the React Native Nerds Podcast. I'm Spencer. And I'm John. Join us as we dive into topics you need to know about to become a better developer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 11 of React Native Nerds. I'm Jonathan Wheat, and with me, as always, is Spencer Carley. And today, of all days, we have a special guest. <laughs> Spencer, do you want to do the introductions? Yeah, today we've got Gant Laborde of Infinite Red Fame joining us. If you worked <laughs> in React Native, if you worked in AI, I'm sure you've seen either something he's published, one of his <laughs> incredibly entertaining talks. Gant, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, it's it, it, you called it React Native Nerds, so I was like, this is this is my home. I need to go there. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll tell you that if you called it React Native Upgrading, I would have been like, okay, you know, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I'm curious, how did you find us out? How did, I mean, you tracked us down. You're like, oh, let me on your show. Let me yes. on your show. Let me on your show. And I'm still waiting for that check in the mail. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I specifically, uh, so I, I'm still subscribed to everything. I think like over the past year, I, you know, I had a daughter, so I was probably far less in the spotlight of react native or or actually at react native conferences even the one we throw in portland every year so we we throw the chain react the react native conference in the mm -hmm. u.s every year and i didn't even go to that so <laughs> which is like huge and i was wow. like oh, okay. well congratulations well, yeah exactly well, she was born uh, five days before the conference so yeah <laughs> Oh yeah, that, that's a pretty good reason not to attend, yeah. I'd say. <laughs> exactly. So I was I was not at that. I wasn't at any of these things. But I've always been still. Uh, I turned into a lurker. You know, I was basically I still subscribed to everything, and still basically Spencer everything that you put out, I still subscribe to and I check out. So if you sneak in there like, hey Gant or anything, I will find it. Uh, <laughs> But I, you know, I saw that you started this. And I was, yeah, I was exactly like that. I think that's like uh, when you're like grabbing all that information that you need in order to do like coding, you, you kind of go into some weird <laughs> stalker yeah. mode, which is which which. Oh, I was crazy. the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was in a you know, I had been using um, Appcelerator. Mm -hmm. to build mobile apps and got to a point where I just hit a hard wall and couldn't move any further and I knew I needed to change mm. and I was looking and looking and came to React Native and then started doing the Googling and found Spencer Yeah, and yeah. he helped me and I jumped on I bought a bunch of stuff he had I got into a slack group nice and I was just posting these bizarro problems and he'd be like <laughs> oh yeah well try this try this you know and he got me through yeah, I, I love that. That's, you know, I came from Ruby, and the community is where mm -hmm. it was at. Mm -hmm. and JavaScript, I want to say, when uh, React Native first came out, was kind of going through a reawakening. Mm -hmm. And it was, uh, I'd say it's right now, the coolest part about it is is the community of people who are saying, hey, I'm willing to help you with this. I'm willing to work on that. And, you know, uh, when you meet somebody like that, it's it's awesome. So it like I that story warms my heart because <laughs> you kind of need that. Uh -huh. That's that's how we all got into coding. You you need people to be nice. 
Exactly, 100%. Mm-hmm. React Native is a special group. Uh, I did a blog post, I want to say, like, in 2016 called, like, What JavaScript Can Learn from Ruby. And one of the things that I was really avid on was, you know, focus on the developer first. And then, you know, the technology comes from that. And um, I have to say, I mean, like, that was my vision of where I wanted things to be and how I would stay in JavaScript if it continued that way. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of other people's visions as well, because that's where I've seen it move towards. So let's get this right out of the way. Are you a TypeScript guy? <laughs> <laughs> so I, you at the listening at home do not see that Jonathan's actually uh, holding a, a knife over me right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm this afraid is going to determine the rest of the if whole I interview. If I say flow for some reason, what will happen to me? Uh, I, yes. Yes, I am. I am very much a TypeScript person. I did okay. do flow on uh, one project early on, and that was what converted me to typescript sorry facebook <laughs> hey i mean what everything um react native community i think even core is moving towards typescript now i know i, know I think it's a, it's a i'm very happy and the truth is like uh, typescript was done right you know it went to where you were and if you take a look at how microsoft kind of got typescript into place at the first part it said hey angular stop stop that <laughs> Stop that. What do you want? We've we pretty much wrote this. What do you want? And then went there. And then I think from, from there, it's kind of coming over to React uh, de facto. Mm-hmm. Of course, I, it's my history of it. <laughs> I still haven't um, pulled the trigger on actually like learning how to set it up. But it's uh-huh. like, yeah. uh, like with uh, German or Spanish with me. You know, I can, I can read it. I can maybe write a little bit of it, but like forming an actual <laughs> sentence or a paragraph or communicating intelligently, I'm mm-hmm. not there yet with TypeScript, but well, it looks cool. Uh, you know what I would say that the coolest thing with, with TypeScript is I like to make my TypeScript very chill, right? Um, you, you mentioned languages, right? And then um, if you, have you ever met a person who speaks a language who said they would fail a, a, that language class? Oh, yeah. Okay, I think that that's where the right vibe should be, is that, like, <clears throat> you can't make it uh, strict, 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 uh, you know, TypeScript, but you mm-hmm. want the uh, UI to sort of, like, alert you and give you warnings. And I, want you, I think you should slowly make it more and more strict and, like, have it kind of come in there, but kind of like enforcing you to speak perfect Spanish right away, you're just going to see a bunch of colon any's all over your TypeScript. <laughs> and it'd be like, technically? And you're like, well, yeah, okay. You know, like, uh, you've, you've got this, like, saving phrase you can say when you go to that other country, right? And so you just overuse that rather than actually learn how to converse. And that's the danger of TypeScript. <clears throat> Most people I see who hate TypeScript are people who are thrown into these very strict environments where they're unable to move on in a deeper concept because they're forced to handle some kind of simple sort of like get out of your mindset and go like type out an object kind of problem. And Mm -hmm. I think that uh, that is removing people from their zone, whereas you can actually protect them um, by giving them a few things. If I see a TS ignore in a file, I don't, I don't hate the person. I understand it. I feel them. 
I know what's going on. Well, we can get along. That's fine. I mean, I don't have any <laughs> deep beliefs about it. I just haven't gotten there yet either. I'm sort of a oh. And so to prepare for this, uh, you know, I, I installed UI Kitten or UE Kitten, yeah. however you want to say it, and Ignite. And so I've installed those and started to play around, and I did. I chose the TypeScript versions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just on a whim, I also did the JavaScript version for UE Kitten, and I was trying to compare them back and forth to see, you know, what the difference was, and all that. And um, so I'm still still trying to wrap my head around it. Yeah, I'm not ashamed to admit I'm not there yet, but <laughs> well, but I know it, it's the right way to go. I think. I, I mean, I can I can hopefully convince you in just a moment here whether or not TypeScript is okay. is your friend. Okay. Let's say that you, um, you're passing around some custom object, right? Um, and tell me if this has ever happened to you. Um, you're passing around this custom object. You've got mm, 25 screens to your app. And then you've made some change. So you go make the change in, in a few places, or you kind of like adjust how it's going to uh, hydrate and, 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 and kind of go in these different places. You open up the app, you run some tests, things look pretty good. Maybe you don't have like an end-to-end -end test, uh, but you have some really good test coverage and a couple other things. Okay, you know, this looks good. And then you ship the app, uh, it goes out there, you kind of click around, and then someone in some version kind of like uh, finds that a uh, screen, like screen 17, right? And the app crashes. Mm -hmm. The app only crashes on that screen in their state. And you're like, ugh, okay. I'm um, seeing the crashes. You know, they've reported it back. You go in there. You take a look at your code. Typo. <laughs> you made a typo on your custom object, and you shipped that. And you're like, ah, I'm losing my mind. It's just because it, it's like it's a runtime issue. And, you, you know, the whole app built. Everything kind of went there. And you're like, if only I could have caught this two weeks worth of headache. And then imagine this in TypeScript. You type the name of it wrong. It puts a red underline on it. And you go, oh, that's weird. <laughs> and then you look and you're like, oh, I spelled Spencer without the C. What am I doing? I typed an S instead of a C. And then you correct it right there. That was three seconds of your life versus two weeks of your life to find a runtime error. That's the beauty of TypeScript. If you felt the pain of something sneaking out, making you look bad, you're like, oh, thank you, TypeScript. <laughs> you protected me instantly. And I think that that's like the big, big gotcha. And if, if you might notice in that story, it's not like it's going to, like I had super strict craziness. It wouldn't have built. It would have said like, hey, what the hell is this? Or it would, you know, we've never seen this before on this object. Like, think you made a typo and so the dynamic power of javascript isn't uh it isn't like destroyed it's just protected and and that's what i think like javascript's always been missing nice yeah or, or maybe you haven't had a screen 17 crash oh <laughs> I so see, oh no oh no i have yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i only yeah. have screen 17 crashes i know uh, let's just remove screen 17 exactly yeah it's just like <laughs> The first screen. Just give me all the issues on that screen. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in addition to just kind of, you know, talking about random stuff, TypeScript, mm -hmm. uh, AI, um, yep. React Native, all kinds of fun stuff. Gant, I'd love to just learn a little bit about you. How'd you get to oh, where yeah. you are? Where are you? Uh, kind of what are you up to? Yeah. So uh, 
I will be honest. I'm I'm not an engineering mind. Um, I am. I, I was the kid who was always really bad at math because um, I didn't know what the hell it had to do with for a while. <laughs> um, but now I'm actually, you know, I went to college and actually got pretty good at math because I started to see it was it had to do with everything. And I've kind of been like the non stem raised kid always excited about computers and forced myself into that sort of field uh so okay. for the past 20 years i've been um like i have to be excited about something to learn about it that's just that's just me so yep. uh if i am excited about something i can't help but learn about it <laughs> there's the there's the other side of that and so React Native, of course, super exciting because, you know, we're all trying to build mobile apps and multiple platform apps. And the idea of not going to every, <laughs> not watching every announcement from Apple, then watching every announcement from Android, then have, then maybe trying to go do platform, like, specific, like, you want to do an Xbox app, like, you have to just go to all the Microsoft conferences as well. Like, we finally got this cool power here. And so that's what I really love about React Native. And then, of course, I'd say that over the past, you know, maybe two years ago, I started getting excited about AI. I started to see it doing superhuman-like things. And I was like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> you can do that? Oh, you know what it was? I'll tell you one of the things I saw is, um, do you remember the, the TV show uh, Silicon Valley or uh, with... Uh, mm -hmm where they had the hot dog not hot dog app <laughs> hot dog yep. not yeah. hot dog yes. yes dude that was a real app i don't know if you knew that yeah it was a react native app wasn't it's it? a react native app yeah. and it was open source and i was kind of interested in ai and then that came out and i was like wait this is real i tried <laughs> i tried to read that code and i lost my mind <laughs> like that came out and i was like I don't know what's going on. It was using all these words like TensorFlow and frameworks and, and like quantizing models. And I was like, I forgot code. What just happened? Like, I know React right. Native and I couldn't read a lick of what they did to make that app. And it's a real app. I was like, I could point this at things and have it tell me. Now, I know that's like kind of trivial today. Or people are kind of like, oh, of course, I've got is it a cake or not dot com or, you know, whatever the hell people are doing with their time, <laughs> which I love. But uh, but that's why I was like, how the hell do you make this? And, um, and that's when I kind of was like, all right, well, I have no choice. I'm going to learn everything I need to know in order to do this and put it on React Native as well. And I think that started me down this kind of wild AI journey. And then like... It's been really fun because since then, I've gotten to see as people got excited about AI along the way. I did a talk in uh, 2018 at React Native EU. That was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. That was an AI talk with React Native um, where, believe it or not, we found Nicolas Cage in the audience. If you've never watched <laughs> this, you should totally watch that talk. It was oh, a yeah. lot of fun. Um, and... Uh, yeah, and, and today we have, uh, like, people are on fire on Twitter now about GPT-3. And they're like, oh, mm. my God, that's so cool. I was like, aha. Uh -huh. Yeah, you should have seen GPT-2 so you could see how much this improved. So, um, yeah, I, I was just super excited. And I say, like, my world is cool tech right now, React Native, AI. Um, just I want to build 
the the mad science stuff and i want to build it with a bunch of cool people well along the that line um i mean i love your newsletter ah thank you thank you oh you're good good yeah it's really great awesome ai fyi yes ifi yeah call it yeah Yeah, ai fyi i uh i really appreciate it and believe it or not that's just one of those things where um but i i was like i'm gathering all this information i need to share it um you know and I'm sure people appreciate it. So here comes a free newsletter. Um, and hopefully, you know, that kind of helps people see the cool things. Cause you know, there's a lot of really thick, crazy papers out there that'll bore someone mm-hmm. to death. And I'm like, no, I want the fun stuff, but I, it's so cool <laughs> yeah. to hear that people. And you also it. have a free course. Yes, 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 yes. That one's got over 5,000 students in it, by the way. Nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's done awesome. really well. Um, one item from your latest newsletter, uh, you have a deep fake <laughs> drawing. Yeah. I, I watched that video. That was pretty, pretty cool and freaky and a little disconcerting. <laughs> um, but along those lines, did you see the MIT deep fake Nixon film? I did not see that one. They just, they just released this. So oh. what they did... They have Nixon announcing the Apollo 11 disaster. Um, you know, back back in '69 when they yeah. were landing on the moon, they actually had an alternate story ready to go just in case the astronauts died on the moon or yeah. they couldn't get back. Yeah. And so there's there's actually the script that was written for Nixon to read on the news if that wow. happened, and it's in the National Archives. And actually, we have that linked in the show notes. So you can download that and it's a scan. So it's like yellow typed paper and you can see, I mean, it's really cool. It was like typewriter nice. stuff nice. back then, <laughs> but they have, they have this four or five minute video that you can watch and they put this thing together and you know, there's a bunch of space launch footage of the Apollo 11. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, we lost them. Oh wow. You know, and it, it just gets really serious in the news thing and you know, it's fake, but you're watching this and it's, you're just so into yeah. this little film clip. And then Nixon, you know, they cut and, you know, Nixon sits down and he reads this paper, which has never happened in real life history. Right. And so they deep faked his voice. They had an actor actually read the paper and then used AI to deep fake his voice. Yeah. And then they must have, you know, trained the system on all these different television broadcasts because it picked up on his his facial movements mm-hmm. and his nodding and whatever. And then, you know, he's basically reading this off and it is beautiful. I mean, yeah, it's a little jittery, but they, they do the whole video in old timey television. <laughs> so yeah, it covers up a little colors. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it covers that up. You got to watch it, man. That is, is awesome. You know, amazing. Uh, Absolutely amazing. And super scary. Yeah. Well, it, exactly. That was, that was going to throw in the, the, the scary and the good is it, like, AI is a is a magic power. It's like the, it's it's magic entering our world, and uh, I feel safest with a bunch of really nice community developers learning that magic <laughs> instead of like mm-hmm. just. I mean, because you could you imagine if only a government had that first, the mm-hmm. stuff they could have done without anybody knowing if that didn't come from academia. If there was the ability to completely fake, deep fake a video um, to that degree, what kind of chaos they could have ensued, you know? Mm-hmm. But since it comes from, you know, sort of, I'll just kind of say, 
the things that we have seen deepfakes do is bringing actors back to Star Wars movies um, right. and paying their families royalties and, and all kinds of great stuff and, and creating a beautiful story for everyone that's, that's engaging and interesting. Um, that is, that's a beautiful application of it. And so um, it's, it's a, it is scary, but I think just like nuclear power, just like electricity. um, So like Andrew Ng says, AI is the new electricity. It depends on who's, who's got it and what we do with it. You know, are you keeping the lights on so you could read and spend time with your family or are you powering a war machine? You know, (laughs) so I think that that's part of like what my advocacy comes from is like, please make sure that we're we know what's out there and we actually can identify and control a bit of what this does. What about like anything fun you guys have been working on this week? Anything that notes sticks out as like particularly enjoyable or particularly frustrating? I've got a frustrating story this week. Code um, world. I'm gonna. I'll throw in. A, I'll throw in with you on the frustrating. I've I've been working on a Slack bot, and I used React in the Slack bot, and um, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's. I've never built a Slack bot before, except for like simple, you know, Echo. And this one's using like modals and React forms inside of Slack, and I huh. think I'm losing my mind. <laughs> so I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you, John. What about wow. you? Oh wow! I was just preparing for this episode. <laughs> that's that's as great tragedy as us. <laughs> it was, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I had to edit the last episode. I had to clean up after the sound booth disaster. And, um, yeah. Well, I I installed UI Kit, and I told you that, and then. What actually really surprised me is we just did an episode on React Native 06.3, and this installed with 06.2. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, here's my opportunity. I'll upgrade it. Oh, God. So I run the upgrade, <laughs> and it, it doesn't upgrade. It tries to do you know, the Git you know, compare or whatever it, it's doing. And I was like, all right. Because I was playing with it, obviously, and had errors, and we had just talked eloquently about this new version of Logbox and how it's supposed to mm. do these log notifications and whatever. And I have these yellow box errors stacked up over <laughs> two thirds of my screen. <laughs> and I'm thinking, that's not the, that's not the latest one. I just installed this. This should be the latest. Yeah. So again, yeah. I'm out of my element, just <laughs> expecting too much out of things. What, what you got? In the app I'm building, Spectrum, we use a lot of Markdown to share content. Within that, you know, 80% of it works perfectly fine. I have to customize a few things because, of course, we're using non-standard markdown. Whatever. The problem, (laughs) though, was that a lot of this content lives... Well, all of this content is in a giant section list. Being a medical app, they have very detailed, large images. And what we were seeing was, as we were scrolling in these really, really long pages, the images would just flicker in and out and... Basically, what what happened is, so I rebuilt the app. I'm using functional components for things. And in Mm. that, I'm still kind of getting my bearings. And I was using inline functions. And basically, what was happening was each time I would scroll, the render item function would basically rebuild and cause a re-render, thus causing the image to flicker in and out. So Mm. long term, what I had to figure out was basically a combination of the use callback hook, which I've never used before, 
and then adding in react.memo to memoize a few of the more expensive functions because in addition to just rendering these images in Markdown, what we do is preload them so we can get the, the size so we can display them correctly. But also mm -hmm. if for some reason it can't load, then we show like an image can't be load, loaded because this app needs to work 100% offline except for the images which couldn't be loaded. So basically this whole combination of things we're doing, it just ate like three days of my week where I was just trying to figure out why these <laughs> images would just flicker in and out. But that's finally been fixed. I think uh, I'm at like the 96% complete point of this rebuild. So hopefully we'll be able to launch it in the next few weeks and nobody will notice a thing. That's, that's the goal. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, I swear, you know, you could spend, you know, you could write 500 lines of code at some point, but like the most expensive is usually it's like mm -hmm. one line after a while. Um, that's why you can't use lines of code as sort of a throughput of how much someone right. worked. You know, you get four hours just to find the right information. And that's like a really hard one to show to clients. Mm -hmm. So Spencer, is this a, for a client or is this for you? Uh, it's for a client that I've just kind of like basically joined the team over the last few years. They started out just doing some little bit of consulting work, but uh, now I kind of yeah. like myself and another developer, we do all the, the mobile development for them. Yeah. Just one app I've been working on for like a year part-time. It, it's, it's a wild ride for, um, trying to get clients to understand that, you know, like how to see progress and mm -hmm. value. There's a really fun story that I, I know um, that I usually have to tell whenever a client's like, hey, wait a second, I'm getting, you know, half the lines of code I was getting, you know, or something like that. And I usually I tell them, um, so there's this machine and it breaks down. It's, it's a very important machine for these this company and they call the repairman. And the repairman comes in, he looks at it, and then he hits this one spot with a hammer. Boom! And then he's like, okay, that'll be $100. <laughs> and they go, wait, 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 wait. 100 bucks? All you did was go hit this machine with a hammer. We're, you know, we're not paying you. And he's like, no problem. Let me rewrite the invoice. And he rewrites it as hitting the machine with a hammer, $1. <laughs> Knowing right. where to hit the machine... <laughs> $99. There's your info. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's so yeah, true. Yeah, you're, you're not paying for the it's... the time it takes to solve the problem. You're taking the, or paying for the time that it takes to build the skills to solve that problem. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, I tell that to junior devs a lot, is um, because there's uh, really cool meetups. There's this thing called Virtual Coffee, where a bunch of, like, freshly graduated junior devs, like, congregate and, you know, I'll, I'll try to hop in there and be like, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. The screaming will calm down. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> what I try to tell them is, like, if you are researching a problem, that's work. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking about a problem in the shower instead of, you know, what, what you're going to do with your day, that's work, you know? I think that... Didn't know where you're going with that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorite subreddit is shower thoughts. So, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. It, it it gets to be like one of those things. I just want people to remember, you know, a big part of it is is uh, you're giving your thoughts and time to something, and that's worth mm -hmm. value. Yeah, that was one of the things I learned in the first company I worked with. I'm very grateful to work in that environment. Was like, you know, as you're walking into the office. 
you know, it was a time when you could actually work in an office. It was like, okay, you know, we didn't bill hourly. We were a dev shop, but the time that right. you spend thinking about that problem coming into the office, sometimes the time you spend thinking about the problem away from the computer is like some of the most valuable time figuring out how exactly you're going yeah. to approach that problem. And I know like that's something I've adopted now. And whenever I'm frustrated, mm. I, I force <laughs> myself to take a, a quick little afternoon nap in like, you know, so, so <laughs> yes. often yes. I, I'll spend hours trying to sit, figure out this problem, take that quick 15 minute nap, come back to it. And I figured out in two minutes. So I know, you know what there needs to be? There needs to be something that, that tells you that you're off. Yeah. Like, like every hour it needs to pop up with like a math problem that you know how to solve. And if you're like <laughs> not able to do it, it's like, you see yeah. you're broken right, <laughs> right. now, right? <laughs> because I, I, I've, I've had late nights where I've spent hours trying to fix something. And then the next morning I go, okay, that was 10 minutes. Yep. So sure. in terms of like, you know, making development a little bit easier, uh, one of the things we want to talk mm -hmm. about is UI kitten. Yeah. And this is something that yeah. you know, when you told me about it, completely new to me. So I'd love to uh, learn about what it is and kind of what it ap its application is. Okay, well, um, I'm going to do a terrible pitch for it real <laughs> quick. Uh, one of the things that I am not is a designer. I'm the kind of guy who can match clothes only by putting them on uh, the bed <laughs> and saying that does not violate that. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm very visual with that aspect. And um, I don't, I don't know what the principles are, but I do know when good design when I see it. So that leaves me, you know, almost every time a client comes to us, we have our designers take a look at it or they come to us with a design. Uh, and so I, I, it's okay. Like I can open storybook, can make sure that I fit this sort of like component library to, to build this project. If you're not using storybook and a component library, like, you know, it, it, it's a great uh, sort of illustration as to atomic mm -hmm. design. And, and you, you can understand all these concepts. They sort of like reconcile with React components in a way. And uh, I, I'm really happy to do that. But recently I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this project for uh, React Native EU. And I'm not going to be able to involve the designers. There's no existing design. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> What do I do? And to be honest, there's a few options out there. One of them, you know, it's like React Native Paper, uh, where you can sort of fit that. But but UIKitten actually does a paper design as well. It has like a little bit of a of an opinion, and it has like a color scheme uh, that you can you could sort of like export. But most importantly, uh, there's some sketch files too, so you can actually. Um, if you want to build something with those components, if you're looking to wireframe it at first, you get to put these clothes out on the bed to a certain degree, and you don't have to be a designer. You can, you don't have to be the clothes designer, right? <laughs> you could use sort of what they have, fitting your theme colors, and at the same time, you get some components that also understand that theming engine and already work together. So if you're looking to like kick off a project. Um, without, you know, this is like the Twitter bootstrap, but it actually doesn't feel very Twitter yeah. bootstrappy because yeah, it's, it's got some kind of different feel to it altogether, which is cool. Uh, and so you kind of like get kickstarted into it and, uh, it's, 
pretty nice, you know? Um, I Obviously, I have my uh, shaking a fist at it <laughs> moments, but it's usually pretty yeah, nice. Yeah, so that's an interesting thing, you know. When we start projects, it makes mm-hmm. sense. I, I think it makes sense to bring in some sort of component library just so you can, like, get things done quickly. Because even just, you know, styling a touchable opacity or going beyond just a button component, mm. it, it takes effort. So, like, where would something like UI Kitten, or maybe maybe it wouldn't, but kind of starting with something like this and then evolving into customizing your app to really be the design language that you want, maybe once you've got those designers in, like, how do you... Mm-hmm. see those two kind of meshing together i almost see you know i think the dream is to have the design work alongside development but i think that that's sometimes just a dream yeah. uh one of the things that's really cool about this is that if you've got some designers that know sketch they can kind of go to town on wireframing a real mock-up exactly of your site and lay everything out and then export a JSON file of sort of like uh, a lot of the information from their design that gives you the ability uh, because it comes with sort of like these estimated elements that that they've made. So you have text, you can have an H1. So so we're used to having a text element and, you know, we're just, we're set, Mm -hmm. right? But in, in, um, I guess, it's, this goes a little bit closer to web in stealing some of that that magic because you can have a you know a h1 tag h2 tag h3 tag and they can they already have like these uh, these concepts of what they are but they also have styles that come along to make them different per site and you can have this um, hint text and stuff like that so they can actually set all these styles it exports to a json so when you put a text element in somewhere and then you set the category to an h1 or a hint or you set you set the behavior to a hint um it knows exactly what to do and then it fits those guidelines so you can kind of communicate in a similar language with the designer they're like oh yeah i did an h1 here and then each page you know is going to go down to this and use these other parts and that vocabulary translates directly into the tags you'll put on them when you're building those screens. Um, and I, th- I think that that's really good because, uh, you know, as of right now, if you have the designers like build something completely abstract, they just kind of usually hand you a picture, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no agreed upon language if you messed up or the, the, the padding's off. And, and no JSON file like shoots out of their design and into yours. Yet. Um, Well, maybe you can get that to happen, but I I do like this. It starts to sort of unify this concept um, with a design or without a designer. You know, like, for instance, if you did have designers doing this, I've got something perfectly coming out of there that helps there. But if I'm doing it myself, I started with something that doesn't look bad. It looks Mm -hmm. pretty cool. And then I've I've got that I've like aha, <laughs> I've slapped it down, and it it looks different because you know I chose the primary colors for this app, and I like that you know, um, and actually I think they use like AI to make sure that your primary, your secondary, and your third, mm-hmm. your tertiary colors are adequately you know visibly spectrumized mm. far enough away from each other too. Interesting. Yeah, I, I did notice that. I went in to do a, a custom color palette. It is pretty neat. Yeah, the color palette was super cool. Like they, they kind of just did this thing for you. It shows up with some some icons. Like I didn't have to like get my icons in there. I mean, it's 
it's like the non-programmatic quick starter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, if you're doing web development and you need some nice color palette, go in there, pick your primary color and use that for web colors too. Yeah. You know, I mean, this, it is plug and play with UI kitten, but you know, they give yeah. you the, the web hex codes that you can just use. Yeah. One thing I also noticed was that because I always watch a bunch of tutorials and videos and things whenever I'm trying to learn something <laughs> nice that you can either install it from a template and it'll just create your app for you. Or you can, if you have an app, you can add it to your app. So you're basically mm -hmm. adding that design system and the icons and the, the theming engine and all that sort of thing to your app. Have yeah. you used it both ways? Um, you know, I can't remember which one I used. <laughs> I think I implemented it into an app. I think it was kind of like, oh, no, 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 no. You know what? I think I did their TypeScript. I think I got 062, just like, uh, yeah. And then I got the the sort of generated version of it okay. um which actually didn't like give me a lot to go off of but no it uh, doesn't it's just basically a screen with yeah. a cute little kitten emoji <laughs> on it that's right yeah that, that's exactly what i got yeah but I, yeah. I i was pretty happy with that i was like okay this is basically like you know just adding it to a blanket app except for it came mm -hmm. with typescript which was nice yeah there is also like a kitchen sink app where it has screens oh. and screens of all the controls and things that you can you can take a look at too. It's just a different uh, template that you install. Yeah, I was just curious yeah. how how difficult it would it would be to retrofit their theming into an app that you already have. You know, if you already um, have components, if they'll just latch on, or if you have to go in and edit. You know, oh no, you'd have to use their components for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah their theming pass down is like you know I think I. All right, now if I remember correctly, I think I, I followed a tutorial to get it in there. Okay. So I think I did manually add it. Yeah. And the issue, uh, yeah, the, the trick is to make your existing app, like if you, I'd say that it's gonna be pretty hard if you, were, if you have an existing app to say like, okay, now we're going to integrate UI kitten elements into it. That's probably the most dangerous uh, idea because you'd have to kind of get into the underpinning of how these things work and like tell them to behave and listen to the theming engine of UI kitten. Right. Um, I think for the most part, you have to be like all in or not for, for using right. this. Uh, otherwise you'll just kind of have some kind of component that's, um, and, and that explains a bit, right? Because I want to, I want to say one of my problems with UI kitten is like uh, you'll look at the components and it's like, here's your autocomplete component. I was like, awesome, that's great. Is it just like I bring it in here and I set a couple of props? It's like, no. Write all this code on top of the autocomplete component and you can have like all this. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and is it, a, is it an autocomplete component or is it a text component with a bunch of code that I'm copying from your mm. site? Right? Mm. Like it right. kind of. It kind of like stood back and was like, here's how you could implement autocomplete on top of this. And I think that part of the reason why they do that is because um, they want you to have that kind of control, the fine grained control. But the cost is like at the same time, it doesn't feel like a drag and droppable, you know, autocomplete component like you would get from, you know, a normal NPM uh, package. It feels right. way more involved. And I guess that's because they want to make sure that you can you could do whatever you actually want to do <laughs> with it because you're kind of locked into their components. 
Yeah, and I think piggybacking on that, they didn't namespace their components at all. So their mm -hmm. component text is text, and yep. button is button. It isn't like UI kit and button or right. UIK, you know, that sort of thing. So I guess that probably makes retrofitting their design system into your app a little easier, maybe, because it's just going to absorb or force force their design onto your components yeah maybe bringing in that's a good idea you know I, that's that's an interesting sort of perspective if i if i don't have ui kitten and i want to bring it in there what's my timetable on that and where are the decisions set for that um that that might be an easy thing i can't can't see a reason why it wouldn't be but that's famous last words, so I won't. <laughs> so Infinite Red, you guys have the Ignite CLI yeah. to kind of kickstart mm -hmm. React Native project with basically opinions, right? Everything in Node world yes, is yes. opinionless, so it's nice to have opinions. <laughs> in when, like when starting yeah. a project, especially when new. Would you foresee using UIKitten along with something like Ignite? Yeah, I would love that to be one of the options. Now, when we first did Ignite, one of the things that so I wrote Ignite um, back in 2017, 2016. And uh, my vision was to really make it community-centric because we didn't have anything. I mean, you, the CLI was very limited in a few ways. And so when I first did it, I had this ability for plugins that I built into it, which is totally overkill. <laughs> Right? Don't don't build in plugins till you've got enough people knocking on the door that you're gonna have an entire plugin ar architecture, right? Because I wanted Infinite Red to have our opinions, but I wanted you to be able to easily add in yours. If you disagreed on one point, I wanted you to easily just have a plugin that you created, and then you say, "Aha! I'm not using MobX State Tree. I'm using Redux Sagas. Click. Uh, I'm not using you know Redux Sagas. I'm using." Redux with um, streams, and and I'm gonna bring in you know a reactive architecture. But I, w I love all the other options. Like I love all this other part. Or if I say like, hey, I'm not a TypeScript person, <laughs> I'm a Flow person, or whatever. I wanted that to sort of be an option. Mm -hmm. The truth is, those infinite combinations of options. Um, while I made a, a system that could handle it, people were like, I'm not touching that. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, all right, cool. I can build this plugin and build it. You know, we have, we built a plugin. You know, I want to insert maps. You And there was a moment where, like, no one could get maps working. We got working in one place. And then you just say, like, ignite, add maps. And then you had a maps example in your, in your uh, library. You had the code running. It worked on iOS and Android. It gave you samples. It was such a great, like, kind of moment in that world. But uh, we just didn't have, you know, you, you've got to have a lot of people who really want plugins. Mm -hmm. So now you come bring that back to the, the concept of what we have now and the idea of UI Kitten. The problem I'll say here is that I would love to have something like that inside of Ignite, but majority of clients show up with, hey, here's how we want our app right. to look. And um, I'd say that it doesn't really fit that because if you've got to customize every aspect, you didn't save any time by starting off with defaults. Mm, good, point. Um, right. good point. But if someone came to us and said, I want a proof of concept app, you know, price is very important to me. Um, how can you cut costs? You'd be like, well, we can cut out the entire design process, pick these colors. 
<laughs> and right. here you go. Your app's going to look like this. And so as a proof of concept piece, it fits very nice. So I guess I'm going to have to actually learn about that, that retroactive, like adding if we want to give UIKit and the people. Um, but the vast majority of our clients show up and say, all right, you know, I'm hiring your design team for this many months, and then we're going to implement, you know, the design that we've kind of like tested, agreed upon, that's perfect for our audience. And, and that's honestly, I think, the best way to do it. It's, of course, the most expensive. Right. But if your app is for artists, it should really, the, the user experience should feel artistic mm -hmm. and, and be animated and be set. If your app is for truckers, who have like, who are tired, your buttons should be as far apart <laughs> as possible for that and, and set the hit slop on those buttons nice and high. Right. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, the best experience is, is a customized UX for your audience. But I do think that uh, if you have to get something out there, this is, I would, I would highly advocate mm -hmm. UI getting. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm going to have to play around with it. So, like, I spend a lot of time creating courses, and typically I try to do a unique app in each one. But they're yeah. always butt Ooh. ugly. I mean, like, I can't design. <laughs> I'm like, if I have multiple shades of gray, like, I'm Your doing well. Your currency well. converter isn't butt ugly. <laughs> well, that one also <laughs> took me, like, a month to design, and I've been sitting on that one <laughs> okay, since, like, 2016 and not letting that go. Um, so, yeah, it's like... UI kitten seems like a great solution, um, and I want to play yeah. with it more. The big concern for me is always like, okay, that's one more dependency I've got to try and keep up to date in this course. But yeah, yeah. It, I mean, yeah. like, well, it's it's beautiful though compared to like what I build. It is amazing. So it'll be something that maybe it's just kind of like a, I'm just gonna have to deal with upgrading it. So I'm gonna take away your fear here a little bit and say, um, so I found a mistake. Um, during my, my voyage into UIKit. Um, absolute, just, you couldn't tell it from right away, but when you get into the code, you're like, this is a mistake. Okay. And um, I was like, all right, uh, well, I'm going to do the open source server thing to do, and I'm going to go update, you know, I'm going to send this back. And this is going to tell me a lot about the technology I chose, <laughs> right? Um, and I sent back a fix and it was merged quickly and then now the person said thank you merged it and linked me to uh um the bug report which i didn't even find mm. and said like this this closes this ticket and that's a, that's a feeling like you know it's like this is this is alive this isn't a live repo it wasn't hard for me to fix and i got immediate set up there and now if, i'll say this if you don't want to roll up your sleeves and get into it and fix it don't don't touch mm -hmm. it anything you add you yep. own for sure every dependency <laughs> it's going to be like that so if you are like hell no <laughs> but i think that the trade-off of me i told you I'm, I'm the clothes on the bed designer is way higher the time i save the look i feel like if you're every app you make is butt ugly and i'm i'm with you dude uh i could show you some some apps that, <laughs> <laughs> that will haunt you <laughs> um building something and then actually i've shown what i built to a few people and they're like i love this this looks so good and i'm like yeah that's me <laughs> 
I did that. So, uh, I'd say you you probably stand a little bit of open source contribution to a lot of mm-hmm. benefit. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the way that I look at um, like React navigation. That that's a given in any yeah. project I work on. Um, but it's also one that I'm <laughs> I'm slowly starting to try and figure out like okay, how can I contribute back? And yeah, like you said, as soon as it's a dependency, nice. like you own that. It's not their responsibility to yeah. fix things. I mean, open source owners are just amazing, incredible people. I don't know how they deal with people on the internet because I, I can't. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like, you know, once you add that dependency, it's it's your wheelhouse. And like, if you fix something, I, ideally you can contribute it back. But every, every great uh, dependency comes with, everything comes with a cost. And one of them is maintaining it. Right. Were you about to do a Spider-Man quote? <laughs> As a, I, I with felt great dependencies yeah. comes great responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ben. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really, um, you know, like the, you get in there and sometimes you're you're coding a bit more than you expected. Mm-hmm. But I kind of get it. I kind of get it, and it's really nice. Um, do you have a, a license for Sketch? I use Figma, which just opens up okay, yeah. Sketch for me. I think, I think that there's a yeah, there's Figma versions of the mm. stuff. And I think honestly, here's the cool thing about it, the the UI Kitten um, Light library, which is like they have a light and a and a dark library there. I think the UI Kitten Light library is free, like free of charge. Like you can go design your app in light mode without paying a single thing in in a couple things but yeah i think they have figma as well and it's just kind of um it's like wow you know i I don't think this person's making enough of this project (laughs) yeah that's always an interesting thing and like something open source in general is figuring out it's like how do we make it sustainable for those who contribute i always buy whatever i Mm -hmm. can Uh, i mean like Honestly, there should be UI kitten shirts. So there, UI kitten. I don't know. It's a good question. It should be that screen that Jonathan and I see when we first get in there. It's just like, "Welcome to UI kitten." <laughs> <laughs> that's the shirt. That's right. That'd be cool. If there's anything else you guys want to talk about, I think that's a good point to wrap it up. Yeah. Otherwise, I will just talk forever. <laughs> we can go into too many, too many opinions. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be the name of my podcast. Well, hopefully this is a first of many yeah, episodes please. we'll have you on. Yeah, I'm happy to nerd out. <laughs> cool. Uh, Gant, anything you would like to promote or like people learn more from you, about you? Where can they find you? Um, well, I have gantlabor.com. Um, I went there and renewed the SSL yesterday, so it <laughs> should be all good. <laughs> uh, on there, you'll see any place that um, I have spoken at. When this podcast comes out, it'll be on there. And... Um, any places that I plan on speaking at. So, like, I'll be speaking at React Native EU. Um, I'll try to make that entertaining, a couple of stuff. So definitely check out uh, the website, and you can see other cool React Native and AI things. I'm always speaking at those two uh, forms. If you're interested in getting a little bit more into the AI stuff, or uh, if your company is looking at adding AI or React Native, um, come chat at me or, or Infinite Red, of course. You know, um, all this research and time and development is uh, for people paying us that $100 to come out there and hit a machine with a hammer. <laughs> so <laughs> we keep up our knowledge and, and hopefully uh, we, we keep helping people. 
great. That's cool. Awesome. Um, what are the plans for Chain React with this whole COVID? So yeah, Chain thing? React. God, we wanted. Um, I'm not gonna say how much money we lost by having to cancel it this year. Okay. I'm super sad about it. Um, but the community has been super supportive and friendly and awesome. And uh, we we had to either we're like, do we bring it online? You know, this was early. This is early during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, do we try to push it back? I'm so glad we didn't land in any of those problems because pushing it back, I know conferences that have pushed back three times now. Right. You know, they just, we didn't land in that problem. Yay. <laughs> um, moving to online. Chain React is an experience. Um, if you've ever gone, we are about you feeling special, about you being in this venue. Like, we didn't get, like, a huge venue with a hotel and everybody feels like a number. We got this really cool venue that looks like it's called the Armory. It looks amazing. The food's great. The The experience is great. We said, can we bring that online? Absolutely not. Right. There's just no way. We were going to fail so hard. Now, would we have collected tons of emails and marketing and said, come on? Yes, we could have gone online and done that. But the mission of Chain React is clear. It is a very friendly, welcoming, and diverse place for people to come learn and interact about React Native. We didn't know how to build that online, so we cut it this year. If the world is no longer on fire next year... <laughs> <laughs> If 2021 is the sequel to 2020, we're all in trouble. Uh, but if we are, you know, finally reaching this this relaxed back to the world kind of thing, I would love for Chain React to uh, resume sort of like that that friendly, welcoming, rewarding place for React Native devs, for Facebook and Amazon to come do announcements and and sit there in the audience next to you afterward yeah. like this this is the the environment that we're aiming for uh if we can have that well we should be there and so we have to put some money down on chain react 2021 uh <laughs> and uh hope for the yeah. best awesome well, that's yeah. great well if it happens uh we're gonna have to get out there spencer definitely sure. oh yeah live live podcast <laughs> absolutely live podcast come in there you, you we'll give you a media badge okay. <laughs> oh, perfect i i don't know what that yeah. is but we're gonna make one and you're gonna you're just be like i i have access to back here i have a media it won't badge. mean anything but you'll make them for us right? <laughs> yeah yeah we'll do it <laughs> you, you show up with your media badge and they're like yeah you ready to pay for your ticket <laughs> <laughs> i'm just will kidding. that be cash or charge uh, yeah <laughs> how cute it's just cardboard oh, did you print with a, that yourself yeah it's got it's got a giant i used like, ua kit to do it i used ua kit well then it would look way better than what i would do so yeah all right gan it was fantastic to have you on the podcast thanks so awesome. much for oh, great, joining great. us and uh thank you everyone for listening i hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you in the next episode yeah take it easy guys Thank you for listening. You can get show notes and leave comments at reactnativenerds.com.